Welcome to the IBC Student Ministry Podcast, an extension of Emmanuel Baptist Church here in Warren, Arkansas. The purpose of this podcast is to present sermons from Wednesday nights, special topics, and other resources for parents and students. Thanks for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy the episode. Joseph, that's what we're going to talk about. We're talking about Joseph. Now, a lot of y'all probably know uh, a lot about Joseph already. If you've been in church circles and any any amount of time or have ever watched Veggie Tales or any other animated movie that has to do with Christianity, uh, you know Joseph. Joseph, he's the guy with the coat of many colors. He was he was taken as a slave into Egypt and and he uh, was then uh, put in this high high position in his master's house and then something happened and then he ended up in prison and then in his prison, like, uh, he interpreted these dreams and then Joseph became like, like one of the higher ups in Egypt and read Pharaoh's dreams and warned him about this famine and saved all these incredible people. We're, we're somewhat familiar with Joseph's story. But I think a couple of things that we miss in Joseph's story is that we miss how God used him. So what we're going to do is we're going to read and start in uh, Genesis 37, 1 through 8 and 12 through 17. I want us to notice something about his life. Uh, one is that he struggles with pain, fear, suffering, and hard seasons of life, and temptation too. See, what we're going to read about all the people that we read about over the course of the semester and about our own lives is these are the things that we struggle with too. We struggle with fear and temptation and worry and doubt. We struggle with suffering, and we also experience hard seasons of life. But no matter how difficult your season is, God has not abandoned you. Well, let's read Genesis 37, 1 through 8, starting in verse 1. Jacob lived in the land where his father had stayed, the land of Canaan. These are the family records of Jacob. At 17 years old, Joseph tended sheep with his brothers. The young man, the young man was working with the sons of Bilah and Zephah, his father's wives, and he brought a bad report about them to their father. Hey, here's something I never really noticed about this story before. Joseph was kind of a tattletale. Did y'all notice that? that? His brothers were up to no good, and Joseph went and told his dad. Not like he's a tattletale, but I, I, in reading this, I never really noticed that part of the story. That's cool, that, how Joseph didn't uh, partake in the same uh, bad behavior that his brothers had, but let's keep reading. Now, Israel loved Joseph more than, any other son, more than his other sons because Joseph was a son born to him in his old age. He made a robe of many colors for him. When his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all of his brothers, they hated him and could not bring themselves to speak peaceably to him. Then Joseph had a dream. When he told it to his brothers, they hated him even more. He said to him, he said to them, listen to this dream I had. There we were binding sheaves of grain in the field. Suddenly my sheave stood up and your sheaves gathered around it and bowed down to my sheaf. Are you really going to reign over us? His brothers asked him. Are you really going to rule us? So they hated him even more because of his dream and what he said. Verse 12. His brothers had gone to pasture their farmer's flocks in Shechem. Israel said to Joseph, your brothers, you know, are pasturing the flocks of Shechem. Get ready. I'm sending you to them. I'm ready, Joseph replied. Then Israel said to him, go and see how your brothers and the flocks are doing. And bring word back to me. So he sent him to the Hebron Valley and he went to Shechem. A man found him there, wandering in the field, and asked him, What are you looking for? I'm looking for my brothers, Joseph said. 
Can you tell me where they're pastoring their flocks? They moved on from here, the man said. I heard them say, let's go to Dothan. So Joseph set out after his brothers and found them at Dothan. And this is what happened next. So he gets to Dothan and his brothers see Joseph approaching. And they formulate this plan. Let's kill Joseph. Because they hated him so much. They had so much anger and bitterness towards their brother. They wanted him dead. They planned to kill him, but thankfully Reuben, one of his other brothers, uh, tried to rescue him by persuading them not to kill him. So instead of killing him, his brother sold him into it sold him into a caravan of an Ishmaelite going to Egypt. So here, here Joseph was with his brothers, betrayed by his own flesh and blood for their hatred and their jealousy towards him. And he was thrown into the situation where he didn't know anybody and be, being taken to a land in slavery that he's never, never been to in Egypt. Joseph was scared in slavery and uncertain of his future. Talk about being in a scary place, right? We're, we're scared of some really weird things. Like I'm scared of horses. And I'm, that's not a joke. I'm legitimately scared of horses. After, after I fell out of a deer stand and shattered my leg, any heights that I'm not in control of at a certain extent, I just, I can't, I can't handle that. I've gotten better on ladders, but horses, when I was, no joke, I was 13 years old and we were on kind of our farm and we just had these, these other horses and my papa literally like paid me 20 bucks to get on a horse and to ride for like 20 minutes. So we're riding around and we're going on the, on, on our dirt roads and everything. And every time the horse would like twitch, cause you know what horses do? They like twitch their muscles to get the flies off them and stuff. I about screamed like a little girl. I was like, ah! <laughs> like every time. And I started crying towards the end of all that too. Like it was bad. 13 year old me. I was about y'all's age crying on top of a horse because I was terrified that it was going to buck me off and kill me. That's a pretty irrational fear, right? Well, there's a lot of other irrational fears. There's a book. I actually just finished it like an hour and a half ago called uh, Running Scared. It's a, it's a book I've got to read for seminary for my counseling class uh, where we talk about fears, talk about uh, worry and anxiety. And uh, it, it, the guy, the author of the book lists all these different fears that uh, people have. And there's just the weirdest things. Like there's, I mean, there's like the normal things like you're, you're scared of clowns. Obviously clowns are terrifying. Um, but there's also people that are like scared of untied shoes and people that, that are scared of like uneven surfaces, uh, like, like legitimate fears. I mean, we know there's other fears too, like people that are afraid to be in big crowds and, and all this other stuff. But there's, there's, there's so many irrational and rational fears. Things are understandable. But when it comes to Joseph's situation, Joseph, this was a this is a very rational fear, right? If you're thrown into this situation, you're betrayed by your brothers, you're thrown into slavery in a place you've never heard of. Yes, that is a scary situation. But in his instance, even in his fear, the presence of God was still with him. And because of that, Joseph could experience freedom and confidence even in the worst situations. Imagine the kind of emotional pain that Joseph is going through. His, his whole family betrayed him, sold him into slavery. But he's also going through some physical pain too. And, and as Christians, we will experience pain and suffering of different types, whether it be emotional or physical. At any point in our life, all you have to do is live long enough and you will at some point suffer. You'll go through a hard season of life. Maybe a hard season of life for some of you may look like going through a parent's divorce. Or it may look like not doing well at school or starting a new new grade or starting a new job. But whatever it is that, that led to your circumstance of having this bad season of life, 
The thing is, we know that we that we suffer, whether it be the consequence of our sin or the consequence of another, or or maybe God God is is placing us in a hard hard season, allowing these things to happen to us so that we may be tested and we may grow and we may be used for incredible things. Pain, suffering, evil are all unavoidable, but Jesus suffered. And he, in his suffering, he told us this, he told us that we would also suffer. And he said the world hated him, so the world is also going to hate us too. We will endure hardship. There's nothing easy about the Christian life, but the difference is in Jesus, we have hope in our suffering. He equips us with the strength and endurance to endure those hard seasons. And what's incredible about our God and that we're going to see in Joseph's story is that God uses our hurts. God uses our seasons of suffering for good, for incredible things, whether it be to grow us or to reach someone else, or as we see in Joseph's life, to keep an entire nation from experiencing starvation. Let's look at more at his story. Genesis 39 to through four says this, the Lord was with Joseph and he became a very successful man serving in the household of his Egyptian master. When his master saw that the Lord was with him, that the Lord made everything he did successful, Joseph found favor with his master and became his personal attendant. Potiphar also put him in charge of his household, placed all that he owned under his authority. Man, talk about a 180 spin on his life. He goes from being sold into slavery to being like a like a higher up at his master's house where everything is under his authority. Why? Well, Joseph was a good administrator and he was a faithful servant. He he continued to display his good uh, God-centered character wherever he was, even in his dark circumstances. And God blessed him for it. And God placed him in a position of authority uh, through this. He made him prosper and he made him successful. But we see that there's about to be a moment that is going to change the course of Joseph's life forever. Maybe more than being sold into slavery, uh, he is now going to experience a great, a great trial of temptation. But the way that he overcomes it is, is guys, I want you to pay attention to it. Let's read uh, Genesis 39, 6 through 12. Halfway through verse 6. He did not concern himself with anything except the food he ate. Now Joseph was a well built, was well built and handsome. After some time, his master's wife looked longingly at Joseph and said, sleep with me. But he refused. Look, he said to his master's wife, with me here, my master does not concern himself with anything in this house. He has put me, uh, put all that he owns under my authority. No one in this house is greater than I am. He has withheld nothing from me except you because you are his wife. So how could I do this immense evil? How could I sin against God? Although she spoke to Joseph day after day, he refused to go to bed with her. Now one day he went to the house to do his work and none of the household servants were there. She grabbed him by his garment and said, sleep with me. But leaving his garment in her hand, he escaped and ran outside. Okay, so here is Joseph. He's been put in a position of power, put in a position of authority. And then the enemy brings upon this temptation. What does Joseph do? Joseph says no, he, he resists, he fights that off. But then at some point when it just became more and more and more, what did Joseph do? Did he ask where the boundary line was? No. Did he, did he just nonchalantly brush that away? No. He ran out the stinking window and got out of that temple as fast as he could. He ran directly away from that sin. How many of us do that? Do you know how many people, especially when we do relationship series, ask where the boundary is, where the line is? Instead of asking, how can I run closer to God in pursuit of holiness? 
Like, how many times have we flirted with temptation? It may not look like this, obviously, but it looks like other things. Like the way that we covet things, the way that we tell these white lies, or the way that, that we, are, we are dishonest with people and with God. But, but God doesn't want that for you. He wants you to pursue him. And that's exactly what Joseph did. Joseph pursued God and his relationship with God was so important to him. He didn't want anything to do even remotely with his temptation. So he literally ran away from it. To repent means to turn away from our sin and run towards God. That's exactly what Joseph was doing. He was turning completely away from this temptation. Now, he didn't give into that sin. So it's different than repentance. But this attitude is something that we should have too. We should run away from sin, run away from temptation. Now, God gave him and filled him with the power to overcome this temptation. And he was filled with hope regardless of the outcome. Because here's the reality, guys. In this situation, Joseph knew this was not going to end well. He knew it wasn't going to end well. But Joseph's desire to love the Lord was greater than his personal desires or his desire to have good status in Egypt. And so what happened? Joseph was thrown into prison. Uh, Potiphar's wife framed him, uh, saying that, that he was the one who was trying to make moves on her and that she resisted him and that she fought him off and then he ran away. And so Joseph was framed for something he didn't do. Joseph was a man of integrity and didn't do it, but, but still no one believed him. And so he's thrown into prison. Uh, read Genesis 39, 20 through 23. It says this, and he had thrown him into prison and with the king's prisoners were confined. And so Joseph was there in prison. But the Lord was with Joseph in, the, in, in, in extended kindness to him. He granted him favor with the prison warden. The warden put on or put all the prisoners who were in the prison under Joseph's authority. And he was responsible for everything he was, that was done there. The warden did not bother with anything under Joseph's authority because the Lord was with him and the Lord made everything he did successful. Okay, once again, God was with him in his trials. In, in the hardships that he was, in, in the hard seasons that he found himself in, God was still with him. God had not abandoned him. One may argue, why didn't God rescue him from his troubles? Why, why didn't God... Keep him away from prison. Why didn't God clear his name? Because God had a bigger intention behind what was going on. Because God's plan and purpose was higher for Joseph there in the prison than it was in Potiphar's house. God had a grand design behind what he was doing in Joseph's life, the hardships he was allowing Joseph to face. And it was grander than any plan that he could have came up with. And God is doing the same thing for you. There may be hard seasons and troubling things that, that you all will go through. But God has a plan and purpose for each of you behind all those hardships. Even in our suffering and difficult seasons of life, God is with us and God is growing us. To tell you kind of the end of what happened in Joseph's story, a lot of you guys know he he uh, started to uh, he helped the chief butler, which is the cupbearer of the king, to restore his position in Pharaoh's office. And when Joseph was brought to Pharaoh, he interpreted dreams about seven years of plenty followed by seven years of famine. He suggested that they prepare for the famine that was to come. And so because of where Joseph was put, because of what God allowed Joseph to experience, Joseph was able to deliver this news to Pharaoh to keep all that food at bay and to save nations from starvation. God used Joseph for incredible things despite these hard circumstances. By holding on to unconditional love of God and the hope of his promises, 
will always push you towards him. God never leaves and his presence is always with us. We may read this story and we may feel like God has abandoned him at certain places, but God never has. God is with him every step of the way. He gives us strength and endurance. And Joseph understood this truth. And I believe and I wish that more people would express this when they experience difficult seasons of life, more Christians especially. In uh, Genesis 50, verses 20, it says this. You intended harm to me. This is him talking to his brothers in the future. But God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. In the midst of suffering, God does some of his most incredible work. He used Paul in prison to write inspiring letters to the church. He showed Job genuine faithfulness. He used countless prophets to tell the story of the one who would come to restore God and his relationship with his people. God used the suffering and the death of Christ as a ransom for our sins so that we may have eternal life with God. God uses trials to do incredible things in our life and the lives of others. We have hope in that because of the gospel and the promises of Jesus. And because of the gospel, because of what God has done for us, because of Jesus and the Holy Spirit that lives within us, we don't have any reason to be afraid. <coughs> we don't have to be afraid of, of imprisonment or bad seasons or, or rough things happening in our life. We don't have to be afraid of our finances and afraid of our social status and afraid of our relationships ending or afraid of what happens in school because we are with God. God is with us. And he's using you where you are. He desires for you to grow closer to him, to look more like his son. And sometimes when he's molding you into the image of your son, things will hurt. You will experience hardships. But God uses that to transform you into the image of his son. And the thing is, death has no sting. The thing that most of us fear most because of Christ because it was what he's done for you and for me. See, the Bible says the wage of sin is death, but the, but the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus our Lord. And when we are saved, when we have Christ dwelling with us, we have no reason to be afraid. God gives us the hope and endurance to get through hard seasons of life. And God uses those hard seasons to make us more like Jesus and to show his love, his mercy, and who he is to others. Now, I can't explain to you and tell you why bad things maybe happen in your life. Again, it could be a, a variety of things. Maybe it's a sin in your life. Maybe it's a sin in someone else's life. It could just be sin of the world. But here's what we do know. We know that God uses those things for good. We read Romans 8, 28. It's, it's a really difficult passage to, to sometimes swallow, but it's really important. And I didn't mark it down. But it says this. It says, I want to read it word for word, and I don't want to. I don't want to mess this up. Romans 8.28 says this. We know that all things work together for the good of those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. Now, does that mean that everything in our life is going to go easy peasy and good for us? No. When it talks about the good, it's talking about God's overall good. See, we only see a pixel on the screen. God sees the entire image. And he's using you and me for incredible things. You want to know how I know that? Because I've experienced hardships in my life. A lot of you guys know the reason, one of the reasons why I became saved was because I shattered my femur bone. I fell out of a deer stand two days after Christmas when I was 11 years old and I shattered my leg from my knee to my hip. I was taken to the hospital and they told me I may not be able to walk again on my own. It wasn't until after surgery and, and a few weeks after they were able to, to figure out that, yeah, I was going to be able to walk again, but it was going to take a long time. 
a year and a half to be exact, before I could walk on my own again. During the course of that, that semester, my granny broke her back. My family was just broken financially and spiritually and emotionally. And my sister, who was born prematurely, uh, had a, about a 50-50 shot of surviving. And the doctor that knew kind of what was going on with her, with her lungs and her respiration and all that stuff, the specialist there at Washington Regional at the hospital was literally in the parking lot getting in his car when he got Paige to come back in. And see, God allowed us to experience that hardship. God allowed me to experience that pain to humble me and to teach me of my need for a savior. Because at that point in my life, I was prideful. I didn't, I didn't think I needed God. I didn't believe that I had sin in my life. I thought, I thought that was reserved. Like salvation was for people who like murdered people and did terrible things. But it's not. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. We've all sinned and we all need saved. And so it's through that accident that, that I became a believer. It's through that accident that even some of my family members became believers. And it's through that accident it's made me who I am today. And there have been other hard seasons of life, especially in college, that have helped grow and mature me. And guys, I promise, even though it may seem like God has abandoned you, he is not. He loves you. He cares for you. He wants to give you hope and a future. So here's what I want to do. I'm going to pray for y'all, and then we're going to get into our small groups and talk about this a little bit further, discuss kind of what we talked about tonight. But if you... Want to know what it means to have that saving power? If you want to know what it means to have hope in these tough circumstances, maybe you need someone to pray with. Uh, you're welcome to stay after, even just for a little bit, to chat with me. And I'd love to pray with you. And I'd love to talk to you about what it means to be a Christ follower, to have this hope and endurance dwelling within you, to be able to withstand these hard seasons of life with joy and perseverance. Let's pray. God, we pray that through any difficult circumstance in our life, God, that like Joseph, that we would continue to pursue you. God, that we would constantly feel you with us. God, and I pray that you would make your plans known to us, God, as much as you would have them known. God, I pray that you would give us direction and wisdom. And God, I pray that if anyone here doesn't know you, God, they would know you tonight. God, I pray that if anyone here is experiencing hardships in life, God, they wouldn't turn to, to people or to things to make make it easier, but or God, even ask you to make it easier, but God, rather to ask you for endurance and for hope. God, and I pray that as Christians together, that we could pray for one another and help to, to lift one another up in seasons of, of hardship, of seasons, a life that are incredibly difficult. God, I pray that we would cultivate good relationships in our life, and God, that we would have people that would pray for us. And hard times, God, that would give us wisdom and help us to see, God, your grand design that, that you have a larger plan for us in our suffering. God, allow us to be like Joseph and be used in our trials. God, that we would that we would grow closer to you, God, that you would mature us and make us look more like your son. God, I thank you for today and I thank you for these students and all that you're about to do in our small groups. It's your son's name I pray. Amen.